Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Final hour is here, a Thursday edition, OutKick 360 across the OutKick network. 6th and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Time for headlines. Scooby Wright will join us in about 20 minutes. He's the linebacker. Had the pick six in the USFL championship game for the Birmingham Stallions. He joined us earlier during the regular season. Entertaining, fantastic personality. Uh, he joins us coming up in roughly 20 minutes here on the show. Headlines now in- includes, we-, we started the show by discussing the tweet from uh, SwimSwam.com. Uh, and, and first, One of the better I, I, sources laugh, out there. I laugh at that. I, I check the site. And I'm like, oh, that they legitimately cover college swimming on a daily basis. And they had a, a tweet out, a verified account saying that the SEC was looking at adding multiple um, ACC programs, including North Carolina and Florida State, Clemson and what Virginia, I believe, were the four. Other reporters have chimed in saying this is not true. Other sources have told them that there's no uh, expansion on the brink for the SEC. Uh, many have, though, clarified by saying that doesn't mean we couldn't see this down the road. But nothing's being, quote-unquote, negotiated right now. And, Chad, you said to, to begin the show, negotiated. Uh, th- that word, negotiated, is, is key in this reporting. Well... Yeah, Barrett Salee was the, the tweet that I saw where he said, you know, there's, there's no one negotiating. Uh, and my initial thought was, the SEC is in a position to take or not. They're not negotiating with them. It's, it's you know, hey, do you want to get out of this? And do you offer enough value for us to give you a share of the massive amounts of money that we're going to make and divide those shares away from other member schools? Does it make sense? This is way more about being chosen than it is about a negotiation. You know, North Carolina, Virginia, Florida State, Clemson don't really have a heavy hand in any quote-unquote negotiation that's taking place. So I read into that statement about they're not negotiating as being part of it. Now, it also, if, if we're going to go with this, what I call Manifest Destiny College Football Edition, where the Big Ten and SEC are just going to conquer as much as they can, yep. those four programs absolutely make sense for the SEC. Given the population of North Carolina, Virginia, given Florida State's football history, given Clemson's current football success, I would add Virginia Tech into the mix. Virginia Tech actually rates better on television than Virginia does, which that's going to be maybe the biggest piece of this for the SEC. They're going to look at football, men's basketball ratings and what each individual school does. Virginia Tech far outrates Virginia in football. So Virginia Tech, I wouldn't discount Virginia Tech. And they have a massive endowment. Yes, and and, and, well, Virginia the same way. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense. Now, the report coming from the swimming website, I think Virginia has a really top-notch swim swim program. Maybe I'm wrong there, but I immediately started trying to connect the dots. Where is this guy getting this report? 
and it's clearly through someone in administration at one of the schools through covering their swim program. Um, but look, it's, I mean, buckle up. We're going to get more and more reports like this. There's going to be more and more discussions. I still have not yet seen the poison pill that's out there, and I bet there is one. There's some sort of trap door or something where teams can get out of that grant of rights. Well, keep in and mind. And they can do it in an affordable way to leave for another conference. But they're negotiating the, the TV deal with the same network that's now on board with the SEC and ESPN and Disney. So I think that helps. Um, keep, also important to keep in mind, we are two years away, roughly, not just from Power Fives not being a thing, but the money with the top two on the, the, the revenue from the television and streaming agreements. People believe that the Big Ten and Kevin Warren right now, in the middle of what they're negotiating long-term, will have upwards of $100 million payouts annually to programs within the conference. The SEC is going to get there too. And if you're the ACC, if you're Clemson, Clemson has been to how many uh, college football playoffs now? Like four in the last six years yeah, or something? Most of them. Most of them. They're going to get like $35 million in their rights agreement? And you think Clemson's going to sit pat with that while Alabama's making 100 No. So like the, the, the idea that this is going to last until 2036, I think, is ludicrous. But I, I do suspect that there is some type of handshake deal behind the scenes between the SEC and ESPN. Now, it was happening last year. It's happening now. But here, and I'm trying to think about this from ESPN's perspective, okay? Because I get everything you're saying. And, and when you said it earlier, I, I immediately started, the wheels started spinning on why would they do that? What would be in it for them? Because ultimately, it's going to be them paying more money. And then I'm thinking, okay, well, I do believe we're headed into a place where the Big Ten and SEC control college football. And the NCAA currently does not control the college football playoff, as you said, Hutton. So is there some sort of agreement that, hey, we're doing this, help us do this, we're going to control the sport, and in doing so, you get first right of refusal? No, it's not even a sport. They're going to control college basketball, too. They'll go head-to-head with CBS and March Madness immediately. By their additions. I think it's a mistake. They're making a billion dollars a year. CBS and the NCAA, they're profiting a billion dollars a year, NCAA, and the vast majority of that is the NCAA tournament. Well, it's not going to be as good. That's going to be, I think, a failure. I would would just say it's not going to be as good, uh, unfortunately, for the rest of the country. The SEC is good at everything now. Yeah, but the They're tournament isn't teams. about everybody being good. The tournament's about Cinderella. Well, you, and you if you told, don't have any Cinderella's, I, I, it, it's I not agree. as good. I'm well, going to hate, hate no NCAA The tournament is not going to be about the Cinderella's whenever the SEC, the Big Ten, and the ACC get together well, and make their tell, own tournament. You can't tell people what makes the tournament good. What makes the tournament good is that the tournament's good no, and the but tournament's Paul, good are you, because there are Cinderella's Paul, But it. come on, you're not watching the Cinderella's Dude, during the regular so season. you're condescending on this. No, The listen. tournament is historically good because of Cinderella's. If there are no so, Cinderella's in it, it's not as good. But period. Paul, who are the Cinderella's playing if the teams I'm mentioning are not there? Well, that's fine. You're, you're not but you're watching ruining the Cinderella's it by play not, the Cinderella's. By, if they're not both there, it's ruined. Yeah, but that's the problem is you are bastardizing the NCAA tournament to create your own thing. You and need that's them both. not I'm not going to sit by. I'm not going to pull a Joel Klatt and act like, you know, guys, this may not look great now, but a Big Ten, SEC, ACC round robin is going to be way better than that tournament we've all watched 
for 50 years that we've all enjoyed. It's not. I mean, that's better for the so, SEC and the Big Ten, but that's not so a better product. So let me ask it this way. How does the NCAA react whenever these conferences attempt to do that? They're going to ban them from the NCAA tournament? Like the PGA Tour banned the live golfers? No. If they do, they're screwed. But because they're not, ESPN's but it's going to put that on a ton of networks. If they don't do it, then the then the the it, it can not, survive, but the, the piece of the pie monetarily is not going to go straight uh, to the, the NCAA. The NCAA would never ban those schools. They, they don't care what these conferences do. They have to have that NCAA tournament, and they want control of it. What you're saying and proposing, and maybe this is what's going on, is ESPN in a coup with the SEC is going to negate a grant of rights deal with the ACC so the SEC and the Big Ten can split up the ACC amongst the two conferences, however they want, and then they're going to break away from CBS and the NCAA to form their own tournament. Yep. Then that's not – the NCAA has nothing to do with that. They're, well, just, they're no, being raided at that point. They either, and the tournament they goes either away. share on the profits or they don't. That's my point because this is not about keeping college sports as is. This is about money, period. Point blank. It's doing quite well financially, if I'm not mistaken. CBS making, uh, paying billions. Well, the NCAA makes a billion dollars a year as a nonprofit for off the NCAA tournament. And my point is ESPN gains nothing off that tournament, and now they can. They can create their own version of the NIT that they show throughout the entire week of March. I'd and, like and to I, see. It's one of the few things that's not broken in college sports. All I'm saying. It doesn't have it's to be great broken. The way it is. The Power Five wasn't broken, quote unquote, until the NCAA took a step back and allowed other leaders to step forward. I, I just don't know why you're hellbent on on that. Having I'm not to hellbent on it. I, that, I'm that just it, telling you. Read the tea leaves. I mean, look around and see it, who's it, controlling it, it, things. I, I don't understand why you have to be so condescending about it that i feel like the tournament is but, good as it is but you're seeing because it, there are are big schools and Paul, small schools in it i'm not disagreeing I'm to think that. no 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 you're 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 saying the tournament's good because of the cinderellas who are the cinderellas if not for the the conferences obviously, i'm mentioning obviously. so if they if they but you're making to, it like it's only going to be those but conferences, if they, go, they need the small schools they don't, also they don't it need the small ways. schools the small they schools do. those need are who them. the cinderellas the are. small schools need them go they ask tsu mtsu and who who's getting those paydays on an annual basis Dude. and then go ask well, espn they, they need and go each ask other. go ask the sec big 10 and acc if they need the uh who would be the good example it, do they need to play um, Gonzaga for the tournament to be good? Do they have to go play uh, St. Mary's for the tournament to be well, good? For that it's first four-day weekend, it's, yes, they do. It's the, it's the, for that first four days. It's the meritocracy of it all that makes it great. So it's a combination of both. I but, mean, it's, okay, it, it's, so, it's the first weekend is about Cinderella, and when you get past that, it's about the SEC, the Big Ten, the ACC, well, but, the powers that be. So here's, but here's my overall point, Paul. And Chad chime in as well. Here's why I, I, I don't I'm not trying to be condescending about it. But if you're this three this three right now power three conference, um, who knows what the Big Twelve ends up doing? And if the ACC splits, I, I think we can pretty much regionalize where teams are gonna go based on Big Ten and SEC. And ESPN's behind it. So knowing all of that, 
if they go to the, the tournament, if they go to the NCAA and say, hey, by the way, um, our, our member schools, we're going to do our own thing unless you're going to give us a piece of the pie, the billion dollars a year that you're making off of it. Because we're already in bed with the college football playoff, and we have all of the value here with $100 million per school for everybody that's involved in what we're about to do. And by the way, you don't have a leader for the, for, until at the earliest, what, July of next year? Um, Kevin Warren and Greg Sankey are running things. The NCAA is not running things. So the networks are too. So if you're, if, you're, if you're thinking the NCAA is going to give them a piece of the pie, then okay, they'll stick around. But if not, they'll do their own thing on their own network and make a ton of money off of it. Well, and that's what's driving I, everything. If I'm doing my math right, 16 and 16 is 32. So first off, it's a 60-18 tournament. So you're, you're, you got some holes. Paul, well, what, some of the ACC now with what the What just got us to this conversation? This the, the idea that they're going to add North Carolina and Virginia and Florida State. And for the last year, I've been saying they're even not stopping 24 at 16. And, even if it's 24 and 24, you're sure. It could be 32 and 32. I mean, there's nothing stopping them at 24 and 24. Sure. You're either in or you're out with this. They would, but we're having two different discussions here. And, and, this is, and this is why I wrote about it. I hate all of this because I'm a traditionalist. I'm also someone who can open my eyes and see the future and that this is all about money. It's going to continue to be about money. And they don't care about what I think about traditions exactly. around the tournament. or co- But I don't have to like it. You don't have to they're, like it, but you see it coming. They are that's bat- my point. It's great, but I, I, that's why I wrote about it. I'm the one who's saying 24 and 24 is going to be the reality. Bottom line is... I'm not going to sit back and act like it's a great thing when they bastardize the sports because it's all about money. I like a separation from college football to the NFL. I love both of them. I like that they're different. I don't like ESPN getting involved. The last thing I want is ESPN to run the college basketball tournament. CBS doesn't run the college basketball tournament. They're a big part of it. But I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say, boy, I'm all for you know ESPN cutting a big check to get out of the grant of rights or negating that so them and the SEC and the Big Ten can conspire to form their own thing where now ESPN makes over a billion dollars because they're not having to pay out a rights fee because ESPN is controlling the tournament and they all control it together. We can't stop the future. We know it's coming. We see it's coming. But I'm also not going to sit here and act like, Man, this is all what's just best for the sport. It's, also, it's all going to be great. Also, I've, set aside UMBC for a way, second. I set say aside this as, a, as a Tennessee grad, okay? So I know that they're going to be a part of everything. Go set ahead, aside UMBC Go. for a second. Set aside Princeton's near upset, which was, was a classic. You need Villanova, and, and you need UConn, and you need Gonzaga, who aren't even in the football picture. So You're the, just dismissing 10, all of them? The Big Ten can add them. You, you want to be in, or you out? Are you, are you out? Like... That consider here's all here. obviously everybody wants in but to get into the tournament you, you got for the tournament to be the tournament you got to have some people in it that aren't part of this I, big I, ticket thing I, I think what correct me if I'm wrong Hutton what you're arguing or what you're saying is those teams will be allowed to be a part of the selection process even if the SEC, Big Ten, and ACC are running it? No. I, I, it, only if the NCAA is going to work with this new conglomerate of whatever this ends up being. Um, and it doesn't have to be two years from now or five years from now. But we're headed down a road. where here's, here's, here's who's in control. Tell me among the member schools at this time last year, who knew about Texas and Oklahoma? 
Zero. Everybody was shocked whenever that was announced. Greg Sankey and ESPN knew about it and the member schools, Texas and Oklahoma. So the reports that are saying, um, you know, per multiple sources, these talks are not, there's no negotiation going on or, and I'm not even referencing Barrett Salee. I'm referencing others with verified accounts retweeting this saying multiple sources. Your sources better be either in the SEC office or ESPN because those are the guys running everything right now. Everything. Or Kevin Warren. Who's arguing with that? I mean, that, well, that's a different conversation. But with that in that- mind, so there are two sports that are profitable. College football runs the world of college athletics. Beyond that, there's the NCAA tournament. And if you are a business looking to make more money and gobble up even more than what you have, and you're going to give $100 million per year to institutions and in your TV contract, how are you gaining more and controlling a mega piece of the pie in the offseason? It's the billion-dollar tournament, and you're going to get a piece of that. And if you don't, you're going to create your own based on the fact that you own these schools because you're cutting them a hundred million dollar check every March. Are they not getting a piece of that? CBS is paying a billion dollars a year or whatever it is to the NCAA, which is distributing to schools. Now they'll pay it to whoever is Paul, there instead of the NCAA, look, and the rate will go up because look at the, the, look at the tax returns body for the better. NCAA and tell me how much the NCAA makes off the college football playoff. It is a completely different negotiation. Well, basketball deal. is not as they profitable are, the as The NCAA is completely out of it with the college football playoff. I'm fine. I'm saying they'll pay whoever the governing football the body is. Whoever. I just, I just the, don't. The schools want, will get the money. I think ultimately, I don't even care. You know who runs it or who makes the most money or who makes the money on that. I just don't want the tournament to be messed with that much. I mean, if it shifts over to some. Big Ten, SEC, ESPN conglomerate, That's fine. fine. But I still want the ability for these other schools to get in that well, tournament. The, the other, and the, if, if the NCAA is a part of the negotiation or not, where there's still something in March that is very similar to what we see now, regardless of who's running it. Well, the other solution, and I say solution because the money, I mean, CBS gave up a portion of what they were doing to Turner in order to keep ESPN from getting the contract to begin with. So that's what they're dealing with. They're already losing the SEC to ESPN. And I don't know how long the contract goes with what is with CBS and Turner moving forward. But ESPN could also just buy the rights to the college basketball tournament and run it that way too and get a huge chunk of the profits. CBS is, is, is selling the ads. They had to sell part of what they owned to Turner in order to keep the, the product. Consider, I mean, the NCAA is making a boatload off that tournament. And not much off the college football playoff. Well, we're not saying the NCAA isn't going to go away in the big picture. We don't care who the governing body is. We want to preserve the tournament as, as it is. Well, the structure, though, of the member schools in the NCAA are abiding by certain academic and athletic qualifiers with everything from Title IX to a certain grade point average. And if you're going to start paying players and you're going to have different rules set aside for these conferences that are loading up with these teams and I think we're headed there with regulation where you're going to have the conference regulate things on a state or federal level then they're going to make up their own rules and have their different versions of whatever these institution schools are doing in order to receive state money and tax dollars they're not going to qualify for that anymore so there there are a lot of things that have to be discussed that it's just not some automatic bid because you're a member of the NCAA 
So a member I, I of whatever the 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 power conferences will create some umbrella for basketball well, programs to keep the tournament some semblance of what it is now. Well, it's just everyone is saying it. Every commissioner that speaks is saying, you know, we're in a very unstable time. I think it's usually the word they use, unstable time for college athletics with conference movement, with NIL, with transfer portal, with with everything. And that's a good way to describe it. Um, I fully acknowledge everything that's going to happen and what is happening right now. I just can't see an overwhelming amount of positive coming out of it other than, you know, USC and Ohio State playing in the regular season with some regularity, with some of the matchups now that will be added because of these super conferences. But if you are a fan of one of those teams in the super conference, you're probably going to be all right. I think everyone else needs to look out because you want to talk about unstable? You know, Iowa State, Washington State, Oregon State, Wake Forest. They're, I mean, unstable right now. Big 12 and the Pac 12 and everyone in between are already scared of ESPN. They admitted it last year. They admitted it the last time they met about expanding the college football playoff because they feel like they're on to something that they're not in on. Also, Bob Bowlesby did not do any favors by being as honest as he was about saying ESPN was conspiring with everyone else to make this happen and making those public accusations because he's made it a heck of a lot harder for the new guy to come in and work something yes. out with ESPN yes. moving forward. So they don't have any incentive because they've been insulted by the outgoing guy to do business and break bread with whatever the Big 12 becomes, which there are still reports out there that they are actively going after Arizona State, Arizona, Colorado, Washington, and Oregon. If they land those schools, they get in the Super Conference they're in game. The they're, they're, they're in the, in the conversation. Discussion. They're in the conversation But to for do sure. that, they're going to have to show a level of income for all those schools in a TV deal that makes sense. Who's going to pay that? I don't think Fox is going to want to pay that to the Big 12. That leaves ESPN. Well, your outgoing commissioner just completely MF'd the entire body of ESPN on their way out. and That's a good point, too. I mean, look, we have personal experience with this. ESPN holds grudges. They remember things. ESPN calls up local radio stations in West Tennessee and has people pulled off a day after they start airing right. because they don't like what was said about them in some corner. So, good luck, Big 12. Scooby Wright, the champion. It's time to ride the pony. Scooby Wright, when we return, Birmingham Stallions linebacker. Can't wait to chat with Scooby next on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's time to talk with the champion. Scooby Wright, Birmingham Stallions linebacker, joins us on the show. Again, Outkick 360 rolls on. Had the pick six in the championship game. Uh, we gave uh, Scooby a shout-out earlier this week coming off the performance in Canton, Ohio, and he joins us now after scoring and putting that game away. Scooby, great to see you, man. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, no, I, uh, thanks for having me on. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, man. Um, 
yeah, it was a great team win. It was good to get the first inaugural USFL Part Two trophy championship. What was the celebration like? The you know the the networks go away and we don't see the behind the scenes. What was Canton like after you won? Um, it was cool. We were well, we we were staying in downtown Cleveland. It was kind of funny. We were staying like two blocks away from my old apartment down where I used to live in downtown Cleveland when I played for the Browns. So that whole entire two weeks for us there was just super nostalgic and just kind of being back there and stuff. Scooby Wright, our guest, where are you, where are you right now? Are you like at a, is this a patio? It looks like a barn up top with the, the tin roof. Uh, but yet it yeah. looks very, uh, it looks very uh, like a place I would want to hang out on July 4th or something. Yeah, no, my parents get down. They have a full on barbecue out here and I'm, Chilling here under the fan, hanging out, watching TV. Just got off my motorcycle. You know, so you yeah. got you guys are up in Canton playing that game, and uh, I, I saw the city of Birmingham had like an eleven or twelve television rating for the game, which was insanely high. With people in that market watching the game, we've talked to you before about you know support in the city of Birmingham, but got to be pretty cool knowing that, seeing that, and seeing just how many people were watching you guys win a championship on TV. Yeah, I mean, it was they supported us all year from game one to game game ten. We always had people in the stands, and every week I feel like people just kept like finding more and more about the league and stuff. So it was uh, it was just great to have those uh, great to have those fans, especially the Shark Dog Mafia. <laughs> that was uh, pretty cool. Any contact from the NFL at this point? Uh, not yet. Me and my agent trying to figure some stuff out, figure out the next move, and. Uh, well, I'm going to head back to Arizona, go train with my old uh, training partners and stuff and my old trainer. So that'd be fun. You give yourself, you give yourself some time off, like uh, a recovery period here? Yeah, I'm just, I probably never take time off because I'm probably always just going to always stay in shape. But I am going to focus on heavy on my recovery and a lot of low impact stuff and just get my body right, get ready for round part two of uh, football here. Hopefully that would be, uh, be really cool. So I saw the deciding pick six live uh, watching the game. I know if you're watching mm-hmm. the show right now, you're going to be able to see it as well. Uh, I would rate the instincts on the play um, at, at a 10. I would rate the speed, Scooby, uh, as someone who I, I feel like you knew you were going to score. Like you were, you were fast as you needed to be on the play. And then once you realize you split the two <laughs> guys trying to tackle you, um, you, know, you, you slowed down a little bit. Is that accurate in how I'm describing this, this run? After the catch? Oh, yeah, 100%. You might, my coach, Coach John Chavis, Chief, Coach Chief, you said, uh, everybody knows I'm a, I'm more quick titch than long burst. <laughs> so about after, I think I did the math on the on the return. I think it was something like 46, something like that. But after about 55, people started catching me up. That was always the joke when we ran, when I ran track in high school. I'd be running the 110 in the first 50, 60 meters. I'd be out front, fast out the gates, but... After that 40-yard mark, 45, people start catching up. By the 50, 55, 60, they'd be passing me. So I'm more more burst. I love what you did there, but how do we rate the throw and the quarterback decision-making? <laughs> oh, horrible. I mean, he's – I don't even know. He was threw the ball to me. I caught it. I was like, oh, we're gone. I mean, I knew I hadn't scored. I mean, shout-out to DeMarcus Gates. He, he, always, he, he always told me, he goes, we make plays that come to us, and – that was my chance to make the play that came my way. Sometimes the ball gets tipped and you take it for six. Sometimes the quarterback throws right to you. Sometimes you pick up fumbles, take it to the house. So 
I mean, I was just super glad that I was able to do that for the team. It was it was a surreal moment laying in the end zone. I had my teammates over the top of me. I looked like I was dead for a minute, just kind of laying there, not moving. I was just taking it all. It was fun. You're a Pac-12 guy out of Arizona. You were not an initial believer about USC and Arizona per your Twitter account. You said, no way, they're leaving. Uh, how, how's that stab at you seeing uh, two of the big names in your conference heading to uh, a Midwestern conference? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a member of the, I'm honored to be a member of the Pac-12 Alumni Council. So it's, uh, I don't know, we have our Pac- alumni Pac-12 meeting at the end of this month at the Pac-12 Media Day. So we'll be excited to sit down with everybody of the league, or of the league, of the conference, excuse me. And um, really figure out what's going on, what the next move is. And yeah, figure out where the, where the conference is heading and what the next moves are. Do you hate the Big Ten and the SEC when you see this, or do you hate the defectors, the ones that decided to leave for the Big Ten or SEC when you start seeing these dominoes fall? No, I mean, I feel like as a West Coast kid, I mean, I mean, as a West Coast kid, I mean, my biggest thing when my biggest thing when we had, we were talking about how to, how to improve the Pac-12 and stuff, and it was you got to get USC, US, USC, UCLA, those schools important again. They got to be back to when they were like the Matt Liner, when they had the Brad Cushing, the Ray Brown Lugans, the Clay Matthews, when they had those guys on the cover of Sports Illustrated going for Rose Bowls and stuff, going back to that dynasty. Because, I mean, when that school is on top and then when Oregon's balling and all those other schools, and you have the North and the South, I mean, the Pac-12 is a pretty electrifying conference if you really sit down and break it down. But it's – uh. It's uh, disappointing the way it went down, but you got to go where the money goes, and sometimes the not where the conference lies. Scooby, the Shark Dog celebration is a good one. It got you high acclaim uh, for the Shark Dog. <laughs> Have you been workshopping any other animal combinations that you want to tie <laughs> into some sort of victory dance or celebration on the field? No, I think it's bad juju if you have more than one spear animal. I feel like that's doing too much, so I feel like the Shark Dog's within myself. by the way you're lucky you fell down in the end zone out of breath or at least that's the way it appeared because you didn't have to uh you didn't get the the personal foul called on you for celebrating oh no i was it was uh i just took a dive for it i I took my uh I was laying on the ground for a minute i just hit after the roll i looked up and i was like wasn't that the lights in a while that just happened i was like that's awesome. Yeah. And then, I think it was the Mark Gates was the first guy who ran up to me. And it was like, oh, that's he was just hyped. I didn't even know what he was saying. And I was just on the ground hanging out for a minute, taking as, it in. As a tattoo guy, what do you think of Aaron Rodgers' first ever tattoo? Have you seen it yet? The pictures of it? No, I have not. We, we have to get that to you somehow so you can tell us what you think about the design of this tattoo. What is it? It's not A.J. McCarron. But it's it's, it's that's up there. It's like on that a, end of the scale. It's like a roaring lion versus a quiet, meek lion on one side. It's some sort of like atlas in the middle of all of it. I mean, there's a lot of things. I don't know what all is going on. And I think Aaron Rodgers even said that he'll explain it in due time. <laughs> After so he figures it out. There's a lot of hidden, hidden meaning behind it. Yeah, I mean, I haven't done it in a gas mask, so I can't <laughs> wait. To- you regret any of your tattoos? Um. No, Which this one? was probably one that I got. This is probably one that I just walked in and got. Okay. I can't. Where my phone is. It's a Hanya mask. Oh, but, I, do. Uh, I, I can all, see that now. Yes. Yeah, but all of them are done by the same guy. 
besides that one. But I noticed that you immediately looked to the right arm. So clearly that's the one, right? Like you, when, when Hutton asked that question, you glanced down at one and thought, if there is one, it's this one, right? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, because this one is just, I don't know, it's kind of random, but it's cool. Um, and then this one, I worked out too fast. It's supposed to be like a guy holding a ball, illuminating. Or, yeah, that way. How much have but, you paid this gentleman for <laughs> all of uh, the artwork? Um, I played fifth, sir. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and, uh, by the way, I'm, I've uh, we've got so Taylor Lewan. I was asking him. He's got like a sleeve that he's completely removed. He's going to redo it, I guess. And um, he's been doing that like over the last two years or, or something like that. It's amazing how I, I'm sure it's not an easy process, but I mean, you could barely tell he even had a sleeve of tats at one point whenever he was drafted compared um, to now. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I like my tattoos. All right. Sometimes, sometimes people. I was thankful to go to a really good artist for my first tattoo, and I just kept going to him. So, well, it, it fits really- you. It fits you very well. I hope you take that as a compliment. Like I, I could not pull off an arm sleeve the way you can. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thank you. What What's on the horizon for you? Like, what is next? If If it's not a an NFL camp. Are you automatically back into the USFL? Are you like, do you know the future there for year number two? I mean, they did sign that contract with the, um, for the second year they did guarantee that or whatever came out. So, um, but I don't know. I'm just going to keep living my life, have fun, keep doing what I want to do, live on my terms. I don't, I'm, uh, don't really have much, I don't know. Not really that I don't have much going for me. I have a lot going for me, but yeah, I have. I was thankful I was smart for money and stuff, so I'm not in a super stressed out situation, but it would be really cool to get an opportunity in the NFL again, just in training camp, but USFL, martial arts, probably not firefighting at this exact moment because that's a lot to do, but for sure one day. But um, I don't know. After we after uh, playing football again and doing all this, it's uh, I could see myself coaching one day or doing something like that just because I love the game so much. Scooby Wright, our guest, linebacker, Birmingham Stallions. Uh, you going to be the union rep for your team next year whenever the USFL players unionize? No, I don't want that big responsibility. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't want it either, man. Boss. That's above my pay grade because they'd probably kick me out if I really spoke my mind. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, congratulations. We showed the, the picture with you and the, the trophy. Um, here's hoping that you guys get a ring or something. I don't know what they're doing uh, for the championship team, but they're got, surely they do something. We already got signs. We oh, okay. already got signs. That yeah, no, it's nice. by, the, by the same company who makes the national championship rings and stuff because they held all the sample rings. And I was like, yo, is this the same company that's making these? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I'm putting on, some, on, the, on my, I was going to get a pinky ring. Then I asked them what it was going to look like. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to put my big middle finger. <laughs> and and I'm, uh, unlike others, I'm sure you'll wear yours often. Guys put it stored away. I, no, I probably, I've never really worn mine. The only time I ever wore the only one I really ever wear is the Maxwell Football Club because there's not too many there's not too many of those rings made. So yeah, I don't even know if I've seen one of those. You guys seen a Maxwell Award winning no. ring? I, uh, I, I didn't. I feel like they make a ring for everything. No, you just get an accompanying ring for whatever award you win. Do you, when you win an Oscar, do you get a ring? Also, does this extend outside of sports? I, I don't know. Maybe you get an island if you win an Oscar. Well, you uh, already have that probably. <laughs> Hey, uh, Scooby, congrats, man, uh, on, on the success this year. You crushed it. And uh, here's hoping that you land in a camp later this month. Yeah, no, that'd be really cool. I'll be, uh, I'll be staying ready, so I don't have to get ready. So 
Yeah, we're cool. gonna we're gonna get your info too. That way, if you land in a camp, we can we can zoom in at some point on a on an off day. Thanks. Yeah, no, that'd be. I appreciate you guys. Appreciate all the support. Thank you for having me on again. And uh, go Stallions. Thank you, Birmingham fans. I uh, shout out to all my teammates, Coach Holtz, Coach Chavis, all the coaching staff. It was awesome. You just did a great Oscar acceptance speech yep. on the way out. That was perfect. After we talked to Oscars, thanks so much, Scooby. Good luck to you, man. Two Star Scoob on Twitter is where you can find him. Great follow, great dude, and a uh, uh, great personality that the USFL leaned into, and he delivered on a on a weekly basis. He was uh, great dude. A, a great personality. I, I'm monitoring the YouTube chat as well, and there's continued discussion around the NCAA tournament uh, debate we were having. And uh, someone in there said, you know, uh, NCAA tournament is trash. It's Kansas or Duke winning it every year. <laughs> and I looked it up and I said, you know, Duke hasn't won it in seven well, years. Been a little while. Kansas went 14 years in between titles, 2008 and this past year. Other than that, spot on. Spot on <laughs> observation. About every year, it's one of those two teams winning it all. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. We are back with more discussion on that. And UCLA and the fact that the Bruins... They're working at a loss. How much of a loss? Uh, we, we'll dive into that and what it means to move to the Big Ten. That's next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Our thanks to Scooby Wright for joining us. Also, Moose Johnston earlier in the show. If you uh, mentioned, if you missed those two interviews... You can download the audio wherever you download your podcast. Andrew Brandt was also on the show. Great visit from him in the first hour. You can also uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel to find chats like the one with Andrew and others throughout the week and the entire archive. Just search out Outkick 360. So UCLA, uh, the report that they had racked up over $100 million in debt over the last three fiscal years, which would have potentially forced UCLA to cut the Olympic sports in order to make up a, a chunk of that money where they have 25 teams, 700 or more athletes total, and now they're going to the Big Ten, which is going to go from, I think, member schools in the Pac-12 were making somewhere around $35 million, maybe a little less than that per year. Now they're at least getting over 50, and it could be upwards of 100 whenever they get their streaming deal with Apple or Amazon completed with Kevin Warren. Um, huge boost in the monetary value alone. But to think that if UCLA is struggling, think about what the other conferences are dealing with that are trying to stay afloat now that USC, UCLA have left and Texas and Oklahoma are leaving in a couple of years. A float's a good word because some of those sports are in the water, water polo and, and the like. But that's a big part of the fabric of UCLA, those, those sports. And UCLA, I think, is not UCLA without all of those sports. So it's, it's a tough trade-off, though, but because, uh, I mean, the environment's changed, obviously. But I feel bad for the kids playing those sports that they now have to, uh, you know, I think there are four of them that they can't be 
in the Pac-10 for because the Pac-10 doesn't doesn't play. I mean, the Big Ten doesn't play them. But you know, if you're a volleyball player or whatever, you're making. We were talking about this the other day. Some some trips that are crazy. Uh, you yeah, know, you're playing Rutgers now. I mean, that's a cross country, a full out cross country trip. Your week is messed up by that trip, and you're doing a lot of classwork online, and that's not where you went to UCLA for uh, necessarily. So you're making some big trade offs, but your sports saved. So you know it's the and you better, make up your deficit better. one year. Yeah, I think there's going to be under the the premise that what we just talked about that there's never enough money for the super wealthy and it's just going to be about making more and more money and having bigger and bigger profit every year. I do wonder the dark side of me wonders how long schools and conferences will sit around and put any money into a sport that doesn't make the money back. You stalled the death of it, but you haven't. Well, I mean, it's, it's like, it's the it. one area where there's some purity in that they fork over profit and earnings to give other high school kids even if it's a partial scholarship, a scholarship to attend their school to play a sport that no one watches. They're not making any money on the rowing team or the water polo team at most places, but they fork over thousands of dollars and even more than that in scholarships, and it gives a lot of kids opportunity, but it's a money drain. So when are schools going to – I mean, UCLA just said they're going to cut half of their sports. Have they not signed this deal? We're going to see more and more – college sports disappear and we've talked of our years. olympic attention um you know the olympics aren't trending in a great direction but this is where we uh this is the farm team for our olympic uh united states olympic teams how many of those teams of rowing and water polo and volleyball are fueled by ucla and stanford and schools like that. Yeah. that that's the farm club for a lot of these teams a high percentage of those kids are coming from west coast schools i don't see it going away though because they moved to the big 10 they would have cut them had they stayed in the, in no, the pac-12 I, it's a good well, thing for, for now but like he's saying long term are those well, schools going to continue to finance other, those every, programs that that then uh, well, even, funnel people to our again, Olympic teams? even the sec and the big 10 like we we're making the mistake of relying on these schools to want to do the right thing and the conferences to want to do the right thing and not just do what's best for them in their pocketbooks. So if we're saying, guys, you know what? We can make more money. We're making a ton now. We make more money if we take these four schools and we do this and we package it with one network. Where's it going to stop? Eventually, they're going to look up and say, you know, how we make even more money. We stop spending money on women's golf. And we put well, it back Title into our nine, pockets. Isn't Title IX going to save some of it? The women are going to be well, in better shape. Things, things can change. The most underutilized scholarship in America is a women's golf scholarship. There's a lot of parents who want to get their daughters into golf for that reason. Because a lot of scholarship money not being taken in that sport. I, I, I fear where this goes if the greedy don't stop being greedy. I, I hope it continues forever. And it's just an accepted fact that we lose money in these sports because it offers scholarships to those who otherwise, in many cases, would not be able to go to college. Well, in some ways, those women's sports are, are safer because you have to offset the football opportunities with female opportunities. So there's going to be golf and volleyball and softball. What happens to the men's programs that aren't necessary to because you've got the football numbers well, I mean, kept up by football? I would, I would ask, though, like there are programs right here in middle Tennessee that have a rugby club. They don't yeah. have a rugby team. Right. 
They're not a program, they're a club. And it's based on how you structure that as to whether or not it counts against Title IX and what you also have to produce from the women's sports angle. So if you're going to say well, we have a football club, we don't have a football program here at Alabama. We have a club. Exactly right. That's I mean, also, there's a way to go about it if you're restructuring how we view college athletics. Well, I think Ti- the federal Title government IX, might have something to say about that. Title IX, well, I mean, the federal government and the Supreme Court just you know overruled years and years of the way the NCAA has been run. So if the NCAA disintegrates, there's no NCAA, and suddenly all these big college football programs are separate of the university and a club it's going to be difficult to stop other sports from folding if that's the case, if they're not making enough money to sustain it. I hope that's not the case. I hope not, too. I have two daughters that I'd love to see have a chance at a scholarship one day if they're good enough to do that. And I look around and I say, if we've got a seven-year-old daughter in 11 years, all that money may be going to these football super conferences and not to uh, sports she wants look, to play. And look, I don't think it's naive to say, I mean, we all know people who played college sports other than football. There's a lot of leadership and life lessons learned in college out of that stuff if that stuff goes away you lose a big piece of what college education is for a ton of people of course i want athletes in my life and in my kid's life whether he's one at that level or not we need them we have to be okay with it being acceptable just to you know balance the books to not have a huge profit everything doesn't have to make everything does not have to make money I mean, even the football program has to make money for yeah. those programs yeah. to survive. Well, that's what I'm saying. Not to that, profit more, just to cover the other one. But that part of the model has been okay, where football sustains everything else. Back at it tomorrow on Outkick 360. Don't block the box and kindly lock your locks.